Hey, how's it going everyone? It's story time with Aussie Dad and today I'm going to be reading the first book of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series. And because it doesn't have chapters as such, it actually has written it like month by month. I'll just be reading a month at a time so it's all broken up. Anyway, so I'll start with the first part which is September. Tuesday. First of all, let me get something straight. This is a journal, not a diary. I know what it says on the cover, but when mum went out to buy this thing, I specifically told her to get one that didn't say diary on it. Great. All I need is for some jerk to catch me carrying this book around and get the wrong idea. The other thing I want to clear up right away is that this was mum's idea, not mine. But if she thinks I'm going to write down my feelings in here or whatever, she's crazy. So just don't expect me to be all, dear diary this and dear diary that. The only reason I agreed to do this at all is because I figure later on when I'm rich and famous, I'll have better things to do than answer people's stupid questions all day long. So this book is going to come in handy. Gregory, tell us about your childhood. Were you always so smart and handsome? Here's my journal now. Shoo, shoo. Like I said, I'll be famous one day, but for now, I'm stuck in middle school with a bunch of morons. Let me just say for the record that I think middle school is the dumbest idea ever invented. You've got kids like me who haven't hit their growth spurt yet mixed in with these gorillas who need to shave twice a day. And then they wonder why bullying is such a big problem in middle school. If it was up to me, grade levels would be based on height, not age. But then again, I guess that would mean kids like Sharad Gupta would still be in the first grade. Today is the first day of school, and right now we're just waiting around for the teacher to hurry up and finish the seating chart. So I figured I might as well write in this book to pass the time. By the way, let me give you some good advice. On the first day of school, you've got to be real careful where you sit. You walk into the classroom and just plunk your stuff down on any old desk and the next thing you know, the teacher is saying, I hope you all like where you're sitting because these are your permanent seats. So in this class, I got stuck with Chris Hosey in front of me and Lionel James at the back of me. Jason Brill came in late and almost sat to my right, but luckily I stopped that from happening at the last second. Is this seat token? Yes, yes! Next period... I should just sit in the middle of a bunch of hot girls as soon as I step in the room. But I guess if I do that, it just proves I didn't learn anything from last year. Greg, will you please pass this note to Shelley? Why, certainly. <laughs> Man, I don't know what is up with girls these days. It used to be a whole lot simpler back in elementary school. The deal was, if you were the fastest runner in your class, you got all the girls. And in the fifth grade... The fastest runner was Ronnie McCoy. Nowadays, it's a whole lot more complicated. Now it's about the kind of clothes you wear, how rich you are, if you have a cute butt or whatever. And kids like Ronnie McCoy are scratching their heads wondering, what the heck happened? The most popular boy in my grade is Bryce Anderson. The thing that really stinks is that I have always been into girls. But kids like Bryce have only come around in the last couple of years. I remember how Bryce used to act back in elementary school. Girls are stinky poos. Yeah. I don't think girls are stinky poos. But of course, now I don't get any credit for sticking with the girls all this time. Like I said, Bryce is the most popular kid in our grade. So that leaves all the rest of us guys scrambling for the other spots. 
the best I can figure is that I'm somewhere around 52nd or 53rd most popular this year. But the good news is that I'm about to move up one spot because Charlie Davies is above me and he's getting his braces next week. I try to explain all this popularity stuff to my friend Rowley, who is probably hovering right around the 150 mark, by the way, but I think it just goes in one ear and out the other with him. Wednesday. Today we had phys ed. So the first thing I did when I got outside was sneak off to the basketball court to see if the cheese was still there. And sure enough, it was. That piece of cheese has been sitting on the court since last spring. I guess it must have dropped out of someone's sandwich or something. After a couple of days, the cheese started getting all mouldy and nasty. Nobody had played basketball on the court where the cheese was, even though that was the only court that had a hoop with a net. Then one day, this kid named Darren Walsh touched the cheese with his finger, and that's what started this thing called the cheese touch. It's basically like the cooties. If you get the cheese touch, you're stuck with it until you pass it on to someone else. The only way to protect yourself from the cheese touch is to cross your fingers. But it's not that easy remembering to keep your fingers crossed every moment of the day. I ended up taping mine together so they'd stay crossed all the time. I got a D in handwriting, but it was totally worth it. This one kid named Abe Hall got the cheese touch in April, and nobody would even come near him for the rest of the year. This summer, Abe moved away to California and took the cheese touch with him. I just hope someone doesn't start the cheese touch up again, because I don't need that kind of stress in my life anymore. Thursday. I'm having a seriously hard time getting used to the fact that summer is over, and I have to get out of bed every morning to go to school. My summer did not exactly get off to a great start, thanks to my older brother, Roderick. A couple of days into summer vacation, Roderick woke me up in the middle of the night. He told me I slept through the whole summer, but that luckily I woke up just in time for the first day of school. You might think I was pretty dumb for falling for that one, but Roderick was dressed up in his school clothes and he'd set my alarm clock ahead to make it look like it was the morning. Plus, he closed my curtains so I couldn't see that it was still dark out. After Roderick woke me up, I just got dressed and went downstairs to make myself some breakfast like I do every morning on a school day. But I guess I must have made a pretty big racket because the next thing I knew, Dad was downstairs yelling at me for eating Cheerios at 3 in the morning. It took me a minute to figure out what the heck was going on. After I did, I told Dad that Roderick had played a trick on me and he was the one that should be getting yelled at. Dad walked down to the basement to chew Roderick out, and I tagged along. I couldn't wait to see Roderick get what was coming to him. But Roderick covered up his tracks pretty good, and to this day, I'm sure Dad thinks I've got a screw loose or something. Friday. Today at school, we got assigned to reading groups. They don't come right out and tell you if you're in the gifted group or the easy group, but you can figure it out right away by looking at the covers of the books they hand out. Einstein as a child, Bink says boo. I was pretty disappointed to find out I got put in the gifted group because that just means a lot of extra work. When they did the screening at the end of last year, I did my best to make sure I got put in the easy group this year. Mum is real tight with our principal, so I'll bet she stepped in and made sure I got put in the gifted group again.
Mum is always saying, I'm a smart kid, but I just don't apply myself. But if there's one thing I learned from Roderick, it's to set people's expectations real low, so you end up surprising them by practically doing nothing at all. Roderick, I want your dirty underwear off the kitchen table before I get home from work. Grunt. Later. Well, he'd actually done it, so that's good. Actually, I'm kind of glad my plan to get put in the easy group didn't work. I saw a couple of the Bink Says Boo kids holding their books upside down, and I don't think they were joking. Saturday. Well, the first week of school was finally over, so today I slept in. Most kids wake up early on Saturday to watch cartoons or whatever, but not me. The only reason I get out of bed at all on weekends is because eventually I can't stand the taste of my own breath anymore. Unfortunately, Dad wakes up at 6 in the morning, no matter what day of the week it is, and he is not real considerate of the fact that I'm trying to enjoy my Saturday like a normal person. I didn't have anything to do the day, so I just headed up to Rowley's house. Rowley is technically my best friend, but that is definitely subject to change. I've been avoiding Rowley since the first day of school, when he did something that really annoyed me. We were getting our stuff from our lockers at the end of the day, and Rowley came up to me and said, Want to come over to my house and play? I've told Rowley at least a billion times that now we're in middle school, you're supposed to say, hang out, not play, but no matter how many noogies I give him, he always forgets the next time. I've been trying to be a lot more careful about my image ever since I got to middle school, but having Rowley around is definitely not helping. I met Rowley a few years ago when he moved into my neighbourhood. His mum brought him this book called How to Make Friends in New Places and he came to my house trying all these dumb gimmicks. Knock knock. Huh? Thermos. Excuse me? Thermos be some way to tickle your funny bone. Say what? I guess I kind of felt sorry for Rowley and I decided to take him under my wing. It's been great having him around mostly because I get to use all the tricks Roderick pulls on me. Did you know that if your hand is bigger than your face, it's a sign of low intelligence? Really? Ha, gotcha. But do I have low intelligence? Hmm, let me check again. (laughs) Bunday, you know how I said I play all sorts of pranks on Rally? Well, I have a little brother named Manny. And I could never get away with pulling any of that stuff on him. Mum and Dad protect Manny like he's a prince or something. And he never gets in trouble, even if he really deserves it. Yesterday, Manny drew a self-portrait on my bedroom door in permanent marker. I thought Mum and Dad were really going to let him have it, but as usual, I was wrong. But the thing that bugs me the most about Manny is the nickname he has for me. When he was a baby, he couldn't pronounce brother. So he started calling me Bubby, and he still calls me that now, even though I keep trying to get mum and dad to make him stop. Luckily, none of my friends have found out yet, but believe me, I have had some pretty close calls. Mum makes me help Manny get ready for school in the morning. After I make Manny his breakfast, he carries his cereal bowl into the family room and sits on his plastic potty. And when it's time for him to go to daycare, he gets up and dumps whatever he didn't eat right in the toilet. 
Mum is always getting on me about not finishing my breakfast, but if she had to scrape cornflakes out of the bottom of a plastic potty every morning, she wouldn't have much of an appetite either. Tuesday. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I am super good at video games. I'll bet I could beat anyone in my grade head-to-head. Unfortunately, Dad does not exactly appreciate my skills. He's always getting on me about going out and doing something active. So tonight after dinner, when Dad started hassling me about going outside, I tried to explain how with video games, you can play sports like football and soccer, and you you don't even get all hot and sweaty. But as usual, Dad didn't see my logic. Dad is a pretty smart guy in general, but when it comes to common sense, sometimes I wonder about him. I'm sure Dad would dismantle my game system if he could figure out how to do it, but luckily, the people who make these things make them parent-proof. Every time Dad kicks me out of the house to do something sporty, I just go up to rallies and play my video games there. Unfortunately, the only games I can play at rallies are car racing games and stuff like that. Because whenever I bring a game up to Rowley's house, his dad looks it up on some parent's website, and if my game has any kind of fighting or violence in it, he won't let us play. I'm getting a little sick of playing Formula 1 racing with Rowley, because he's not a serious gamer like me. All that you have to do to beat Rowley is name your car something ridiculous at the beginning of the game. And then when you race Rowley's car, he just falls to pieces. Anyway... After I got done mopping the floor with Rowley today, I headed home. I ran through the neighbour's sprinkler a couple of times to make it look like I was all sweaty, and that seemed to do the trick for Dad. But my trick kind of backfired, because as soon as Mum saw me, she made me go upstairs and take a shower. Wednesday. I guess Dad must have been pretty happy with himself for making me go outside yesterday, because he did it again today. It's getting really annoying to have to go up to rallies every time I want to play a video game. There's this weird kid named Fregley who lives halfway between my house and rallies, and Fregley's always hanging out in his front yard, so it's pretty hard to avoid him. Want to see my secret freckle? Um, no thanks. Fregley is in my phys ed class at school, and he has this whole made-up language. Like when he needs to go to the bathroom, he says, Juice! Juice! Us kids have pretty much figured Fregley out by now, but I don't think the teachers have really caught on yet. Today, I probably would have gone up to rallies on my own anyway, because my brother Roderick and his band were practicing down in the basement. Roderick's band is really awful, and I can't stand being home when they're having rehearsals. His band is called Loaded Diaper, only it's spelled Loaded, L-O-D-E-D, Diaper, D-I-P-E-R, on Roderick's van. You might think he spelled it that way to make it look cooler, but I bet if you told Roderick how low the diaper is really spelt, it would be news to him. Dad was against the idea of Roderick starting a band, but Mum was all for it. She's the one who bought Roderick his first drum set. I think Mum has this idea that we're all going to learn to play instruments and then become one of those family bands like you see on TV. Dad really hates heavy metal, and that's the kind of music Roderick and his band play. I don't think Mum really cares what Roderick plays or listens to, because to her, all music is the same. In fact, earlier today, Roderick was listening to one of his CDs in the family room, and Mum came in and started dancing. 
That really bugged Roderick, so he drove off to the store and came back 15 minutes later with some headphones, and that pretty much took care of that problem. Thursday. Yesterday, Roderick got a new heavy metal CD, and it had one of those parental warning stickers on it. I've never got to listen to one of those parental warning CDs because mum and dad never let me buy them at the mall. So I realised the only way I was going to get a chance to listen to Roderick's CD was if I snuck it out of the house. This morning, after Roderick left, I called up Rowley and told him to bring his CD player to school. Then I went down to Roderick's room and took the CD off his rack. You're not allowed to bring personal music players to school, so we had to wait to use it until after lunch when the teachers let us outside. As soon as we got the chance, me and Rowley snuck around the back of the school and loaded up Roderick's CD. But Rowley forgot to put batteries in his CD player, so it was pretty much worthless. Then I came up with this great idea for a game. The object was to put the headphones on your head and then try to shake them off without using your hands. The winner was whoever could shake the headphones off in the shortest amount of time. I had the record with seven and a half seconds, but I think I might have shook some of my feelings loose with that one. Right in the middle of our game, Mrs. Craig came around the corner and caught us red-handed. She took the music player away from me and started chewing us out. But I think she had the wrong idea about what we were doing back there. She started telling us how rock and roll is evil and how it's going to ruin our brains. I was going to tell her that there weren't even any batteries in the CD player, but I could tell she didn't want to be interrupted, so I just waited until she was done, and then I said, Yes, ma'am. But right when Mrs. Craig was about to let us go, Rowley started uh, blubbering about how he doesn't want rock and roll to ruin his brains. Honestly, sometimes I don't know about that boy. Friday. Well, now I've gone and done it. Last night, after everyone was in bed, I snuck downstairs to listen to Roderick's CD on the stereo in the family room. I put Roderick's new headphones on and cranked up the volume really high. Then I hit play. First, let me just say I can definitely understand why they put that parental warning sticker on the CD, but I only got to hear about 30 seconds of the first song before I got interrupted. It turns out, I didn't have the headphones plugged into the stereo, so the music was actually coming through the speakers, not the headphones. Dad marched up to my room and shut the door behind him, and then he said, Let's you and me have a talk, friend. Whenever Dad says friend, that way you know you're in trouble. The first time Dad ever said friend like that to me, I didn't get that he was being sarcastic, so I kind of let my guard down. I don't make that mistake anymore. Tonight, Dad yelled at me for about 10 minutes, and then I guess he decided he'd rather be in bed than standing in my room in his underwear. He told me I was grounded from playing video games for two weeks, which is about what I expected. I guess I should be glad that's all he did. The good thing about Dad is that when he gets mad, he he cools off real quick, and then it's over. Usually, if you mess up in front of Dad, he just throws whatever he's got in his hands at you. Good time to screw up. Kick. Bad time to screw up. (laughs) So good time to screw up is when his dad's reading the paper. Bad time is when he's paying attention and doing some work around the yard. Mum has a totally different style when it comes to punishment. 
If you mess up and mum catches you, the first thing she does is to take a few days to figure out what your punishment should be. And while you're waiting, you do all these nice things to try to get off easier. I just dusted the dining room for the heck of it. How thoughtful of you. But then after a few days, right when you forget you're in trouble, that's when she lays it on you. Are you having fun? Yeah. No video games for a week. <laughs> Monday. This video game ban is a whole lot tougher than I thought it would be. But at least I'm not the only one in the family who's in trouble. Roderick's in some hot water with mum right now too. Manny got hold of one of Roderick's heavy metal magazines and one of the pages had a picture of a woman in a bikini lying across the hood of a car. And then Manny brought it into daycare for show and tell. Anyway, I don't think mum was too happy about getting that phone call. I saw the magazine myself and it honestly wasn't anything to get worked up over. But mum doesn't allow that kind of stuff in the house. Roderick's punishment was that he had to answer a bunch of questions mum had written out for him. Did owning this magazine make you a better person? No. Did it make you more popular at school? No. How do you feel about having owned this type of magazine now? I feel ashamed. Do you have anything you want to say to women for having owned this offensive magazine? I'm sorry, women. Wednesday. I'm still grounded from playing video games, so Manny has been using my system. Mum went out and bought a whole bunch of educational video games and watching Manny play them is like torture. The good news is that I finally figured out how to get some of my games past Rowley's dad. I just put one of my discs in Manny's Discovering the Alphabet case, and that's all it takes. Thursday. At school today, they announced that student government elections are coming up. To be honest with you, I've never had any interest in student government, but when I started thinking about it, I realised getting elected treasurer could totally change my situation at school. We cheerleaders are tired of riding to games in the same bus as the nerds in the band. Hmm, let me see what I can do. And even better, we jocks just need an air pump to inflate our only football. Yeah, sorry, can't help you with that. Nobody ever thinks about running for treasurer because all anyone ever cares about are the big ticket positions like president and vice president. So I figure if I sign up tomorrow, the treasurer job is pretty much mine for the taking. Friday. Today I went and put my name on the list to run for treasurer. Unfortunately, this kid named Marty Porter is running for treasurer too and he's real brainy at maths. So this might not be as easy as I thought. I told Dad that I was running for student government, and he seemed pretty excited. It turns out he ran for student government when he was my age, and he actually won. Dad dug through some old boxes in the basement and found one of his campaign posters. Integrity, honesty, know-how, vote Frank Heffley for secretary. I thought the poster idea was pretty good, so I asked Dad to drive me to the store to get some supplies. I loaded up on poster board and markers and I spent the rest of the night making all my campaign stuff, so let's just hope these posters work. Monday. I brought my posters into school today and I have to say, they came out pretty good. Do you want Marty Porter to be your treasurer? Duh. Hey, you're dropping all our money, you fool. Remember in second grade how Marty Porter had head lice? Do you really want him touching your money? 
I started hanging my posters up as soon as I got in, but they were only up for about three minutes before Vice Principal Roy spotted them. Mr. Roy said, you weren't allowed to write fabrications about the other candidates. So I told Mr. Roy that the thing about the head lice was true and how it practically closed down the whole school when it happened. But he took down all my posters anyway. So today, Marty Porter was going around handing out lollipops to buy himself votes while my posters were sitting at the bottom of Mr. Roy's trash can. I guess this means my political career is officially over. And that's the end of September in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Uh, next time I read the Diary of a Wimpy Kid book, well, book one, we will read October. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.